Hi, and welcome to another episode of Pasha. My name is Gottfried Boafo. And I am Inas Kosana. Thanks for joining us. Our guest today is Ahmed Kalebi, the Chief Consultant Pathologist of Lancet, Kenya, and Honorary Lecturer at the Department of Human Pathology, University of Nairobi. He tells us more about testing for COVID-19. What happened in Wuhan is that when the patients were coming to the hospital, some of the very clever doctors there noticed that these patients were having features of viral pneumonia because viral pneumonia causes a very specific picture when you see it on the CT scan. And when they did all tests that we currently have uh, for the respiratory virus or for bacteria, none of them were positive. But they were so sure that this must be a virus. So they knew there must be something that is causing this pneumonia and it's none of the viruses that we know. You take the genetic material from the, from the virus, which should be available or should be present in a sample that is infected, whether it is sputum or any other uh, material from the body, any other specimen. Uh, it is put on a, on, a, on a machine that allows it to be amplified. And once it has been amplified, then what you actually require is what we call a probe. Think about it like a magnet. So you have two magnets. Uh, you have one magnet on one side and a magnet on the other side. And the two, when they come together, they bind on each other. Uh, so when scientists know the genetic sequence of any organism, they're able to take part of that genetic sequence prepare what is like a probe or a key that will bind into the material from that virus like a lock. And when it latches to it, then you're able to be able to say this is actually present. And there are other processes in, involved that allows for the detection. Either you can use color or dye or you can use electronic methods. When they run a panel of tests on the specimen that was coming from these patients who are dying of pneumonia, all of them were negative for all the other viruses. So what they did then is that they took the material and they put it through a sequencer, a gene sequencer. Now, a gene sequencer is another type of test that we use, but it's used mainly for research level or for sequencing of genetic material. So any genetic material within uh, a specimen will be sequenced. And when you sequence it, it shows you the codes, the letters in that genetic sequence. And they're able to now say the, the words or the letters that are, we are seeing here are for a totally new virus, but it is very similar to other coronaviruses. And that's why it was called novel coronavirus. But it has a very specific part of it that is very different. And that's why the Bible say this must be a new type of virus. And this is because we have new technologies now that enable genetic sequencing to be done within a very short time. And they shared the genetic code of the virus in January, published in the New England Journal of Medicine, for the rest of the world to know about it. And that's, that basically began the process of uh, testing. He goes on to discuss the process of developing these tests. Testing kits are produced commercially and sold to labs around the world, but these must be verified by bodies like the Food and Drug Administration in the US. These tests need to be accurate and verified by these type of authorities. These tests are done in very specific labs and the kits are shared with organizations like the World Health Organization. Earlier in the year, when countries realized the threat of COVID-19, many procured these tests to keep in labs so they could test for potential cases. He tells us how do we test for coronavirus, what type of equipment and human resources are required. When it comes to uh, uh, the, type of human, the type of human resource needed for testing, uh, currently 
most of the technology that is available is highly automated. So you basically need uh, bi bi biomedical laboratory scientists who understand how to operate the equipment and they should be able to do it. They must be able to understand the safety uh, measures that are supposed to be done in the lab in terms of infection control and prevention. And uh, most countries will have biomedical lab scientists who are registered by the laboratory medical board. And these particular laboratory scientists then will have gone through training and proficiency testing and certified to be able to conduct those tests. The main constraints that we have at the moment is lack of the kits. You have to make sure that it's sensitive enough. And as we speak, we don't have any kits that have been proven to have the right sensitivity and specificity. But there are some that are coming up. And I think in the next two weeks, we should be seeing uh, some rapid antibody tests and rapid antigen tests being uh, validated for commercial use or for clinical use. Because I know in the UK, they are already validating it. In China, they have done some validation. But each country has to confirm that it's suitable for use. He then looks at how African countries are currently testing and whether all the tests happen locally. Now, the kits that were given by the Aplecho are used mainly on what you call semi-automated platforms, and they are fairly slow. That means you cannot be able to scale them up. And that's why you'll find most countries are able to only do a few tests at a time. And most countries actually have very few kits because the, whatever the WHO sent, I know for Kenya, for example, we had about 400 or 500 kits that were sent. I'm talking about 500 kits worth 500 tests, which is a very small quantity. Now that we have commercial production, most countries are trying to procure the kits that are commercially produced, but we have a tragedy in that, uh, in, because the countries that produce these kits are also facing outbreaks of their own, whether it's in Europe, in the UK, or in uh, US, or in South Korea, none of these countries are actually exporting because they actually need their own kits. So these kits have only been around for the last two, three weeks. And many countries, many labs like our lab have ordered for these kits, but they're just not available. And even where they're available, there's problem of logistics and so on. Most countries at the moment across Africa, other than South Africa, as far as I know, do not have the capacity to scale up testing and do thousands of tests a day, which is what we require. In Kenya, the government has placed an order for thousands of kits. Once they are supplied, the kits can be used in labs that have facilities for them. With the kits, the government can do many tests at a time. Waiting for the kits, however, is the biggest stumbling block at the moment. Jack Ma has donated about 6,000 kits from China and the labs are trying to set the kits up. They need validation in the lab before they can actually be used. Most African countries are not testing enough people because there aren't enough testing kits. What are the main challenges that countries with limited resources face when trying to test for COVID-19? So countries like Burundi or South Sudan have a double tragedy because they don't even have the equipment, let alone the kits. So for countries like Kenya that already had uh, the infrastructure in terms of equipment and personnel, all they need is the kits. For countries that do not have equipment and personnel, they actually cannot even start. And uh, I can't talk too much about them, but countries like Burundi, countries like uh, South Sudan, uh, parts of DRC are having bigger problems. Are the equipment ready and available for use? In Kenya, fortunately, we have quite a number of labs that have that. Number two, 
personnel are the people there who are trained and uh, ready to uh, run uh, this equipment uh, and use these reagents. In Kenya, we do have personnel who are trained and uh, they're able to move on with that. Uh, number three, do the equipment have automation and can they have uh, actually what we call high throughput? Uh, are they able to run a huge number of tests? A lot of the PCR equipment that we have in the country, both in our lab and also in the government lab, can actually have high throughput. They can actually run between 400 and 1,000 tests a day comfortably, and some can even go up to 2,000. In my lab, the, equip the two equipment I have can each run up to 800 samples a day, which means I can run up to 1,600 samples a day. Problem, of course, is the kits. And that comes to number four. The biggest challenge will be availability of these kits, and not just the kits, but you also need other things that go with it in terms of consumables, because you still need to be able to collect the samples. So you need the co sample collection kits, the swabs and so on. You still need gloves. You still need personal protective equipment for the personnel collecting the sample. And that has been a big challenge in, uh, in Kenya because these things are just not available, gloves, masks and the rest. The final challenge mentioned is logistics. This is a major challenge in Kenya. People are in quarantine and samples need to be collected from about 2,000 people and you need personnel to do this. Personnel need to be mobilized, transported and facilities are often congested. This is why a lot of facilities are coming up with the drive-through initiative. This means that samples are collected in people's cars and the person just drives on. And finally, what steps can be taken to protect the public and healthcare workers when testing happens? It is not advisable that people who need to be tested should go to medical facilities, inside the medical facilities, because already in the medical facilities, you are talking about patients who have other conditions and they're more susceptible. So ideally, the places where samples should be collected should be separate from the normal uh, health facilities where people are having their normal medical examination and so on. So ideally, it should be in an as open and uh, secluded place as possible with good aeration, and people should be going there in a timed manner without congesting, because you still need to maintain the social distancing, and it should be a facility that can be easily decontaminated, sanitized between each person coming in. The main concern is ensuring that people don't go congesting or don't go to a place where it's frequently uh, being used for sample collection. For the healthcare workers, we have standard protective measures, uh, particularly the use of personal protective equipment. The more you are able to protect yourself, the better. Testing for COVID-19 is important to help countries understand the scale of what they are dealing with. Thank you for tuning into this episode produced by Moina Spooner and Ozer Patel. From me, Godfred Boafo. And from me, Ines Kosana. Goodbye for now.